With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Francesca Anasazi. Um, well, there's a lot of talk about domestic violence after it happens. But Francesca is kind of on a mission to tackle domestic violence. I don't know if tackle is quite the right word in this case because we're trying to be nonviolent. Um, it, tackle this problem before it actually happens. Now, we've had some offsite conversations around mindset and how people actually are, are thinking as, as patterns start to happen and there's a way to circumvent them starting, starting with, uh, with one within yourself. Is that right? Well, there's, there, there, there are many factors. It's not just one thing. I mean, mm -hmm. dom domestic violence, there are different scenarios. Uh, some of them, you know, some of the recipients, some of the victims are children. So how do you, you know, how do you help the children? Right. Um, mindset uh, can be a very strong indicator that there has been some sort of abuse in the past when there is an issue with mindset, uh, especially when there is low self-esteem or low self-worth um so those could be indicator of uh like of possibly uh, ab abuse being there before or present mm -hmm. so um where where should we start looking um should we just focus on within our own lives or or, or the neighbor across the street? <laughs> you know, that, that's, a, that's a good question because it is such a huge, you know, it's like it's not, there is not one answer that answers it all. The, there is more than one place that we need to look at. We need to look at, um, at the dating scene, for example, like, you know, detecting early on in a relationship or before even becomes a relationship on whether a person um, that you're dating could potentially be a, an abuser. That's one place to start, you know, educating yourself on what is it you need to look for? How do you determine if a person is a potential abuser? Because there are signs of that. Uh, another way that we could help uh, would be by having, uh, this is huge, but it would be to have all teachers starting from elementary school and up being educated on not only recognizing uh, if there's abuse in the home, which I know a lot of teachers are educated in that, have to recognize it and they have to report it, but also to to build the self-esteem of children. So I think that I think that teachers really should be certified as life coaches to help the mindset of children right off the bat, so that if they're not getting that at home, then they're at least getting it at school because a lot of the abuse goes undetected even in the school so it's not always obvious even to the teachers that there may be something wrong uh, going. yeah yeah i think one of the places that we um 
you know, that would be very effective uh, to not just look at, but also to implement is in the schools, uh, starting off right at the beginning of the school system, like in an elementary, and have all teachers trained um, not only in detecting if there are issues at home, because sometimes, uh, very often, if there's abuse in the home, there is behavioral, uh, it, 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 can, come, it comes across to the behavior of the child if there's something going on, whether the child is a bully or the child is not performing well at school or maybe is having uh, problems having uh, making friends. There are all kinds of different ways a child could be reacting if there's something going, home, uh, going on at home. And sometimes, even though a lot of the teachers are trained to detect if something is happening, you know, to, to kind of dig and find out if there's something going on in the home, uh, sometimes that's not obvious. And especially when it comes to, um, you know, those families that just put on those beautiful fronts where they look like the, the happiest family, the perfect family, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything is wonderful on the inside when everybody's home. Just same as regular domestic violence. So you can see this happy couple, and then next thing you know, like, you know, one kill the other and you just go what happens they look so happy right um so definitely looking in the schools uh i think i personally believe that if we want to start looking at prevention um that all teachers uh should be trained as uh, coaches as well to start building the self-esteem and a strong mindset in the children i know that some teachers do it by default and there are some amazing teachers out there mm -hmm. like i know I know that when I grew up, um, I remember one teacher, she was just naturally a coach. And um, she's the, the one teacher that I, I carry with me in my heart. And I think almost every one of us has that one teacher that we remember that was the one person that gave us that, that boost and that believed in us. Uh, but then there were all the other teachers that were the opposite, right? Right. And, and that's not helping a child develop strong self-esteem or the right mindset and just basically preparing them for life. Which brings me to, shouldn't that be the responsibility of the parents? And the answer is yes, when the parents are healthy parents, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? But if one of the two parents or both parents, you know, are, are, are dealing with their own mindset and their own issues, whether they are abusers or they're coming from abusive uh, backgrounds themselves, uh, they can't feed, they can't give what they don't have for themselves, right? So right. It, it needs to be like a team effort. So when you ask me, where should we look? We should look everywhere, <laughs> every possible direction that we can think of. And when it comes to prevention, a lot of people, you know, kind of, uh, kind of dismiss it just because like if, if it's nothing there there's nothing to work on but the thing is when we're looking at if we look at the statistics uh, they they're pretty staggering uh, recently just recently CBC here in Canada finally has been doing a whole series on domestic violence and which is good which is good that it's actually bringing this information to light a lot of Canadians, um, I have been finding a lot of Canadians don't believe that it's as serious as it is as a problem. And when we're looking at some of the other issues that we have, social issues that we have, like 
um, mental health is a huge topic nowadays. If we talk mental health, everybody comes on board on that. We understand that you know we need to remove the stigma. Um, a big portion of that mental health issue is a depression. We have people with that have ADHD. Uh, we have people who have addictions. We have people who fall under the poverty line and they're homeless and then you know like th there's like so much that falls under all of that and when we look at the root cause of every single one of those a good portion stems from abuse in the past that they have they've been on the receiving end so they they've been victim of abuse at some point so if we can look at the root cause and be able to create the education around how do we recognize it how do we how do we get strong people to feel enough self-worth to set boundaries healthy boundaries with other people um, and start creating kind of a momentum within ourselves as adults and working on ourselves and our own personal development but also helping the youth uh, so that they don't fall into that trap so that we break that cycle so when we look at all that we're going to start if, if everybody did their part <laughs> we would drastically see uh the numbers of statistics under the mental health and all the other areas that i mentioned mm -hmm. we would see them shrink because because they're stemming from that same place right so if we can you know if we can cut the cord to where the problem is starting or before it starts then we can we can help um, lower those numbers and have healthier healthier society. Really, think about it. We'd be a lot more happy. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and that's really important um, when you when you look at some of the things that, that are going on right now with um, things that now we have a mass hysteria over over a virus that if we all came together and worked together we would help stop such things tragedies from happening right or yeah. once they started they would stop fairly quickly by yeah. working together yeah and, and the prevention side you know i always say i'd rather i'd rather work harder at teaching people how not to burn themselves than having to work really hard at building hospital to hospitals to treat people who have been burned because they were never educated, right? We, we would rather prevent the burns in the first place so that we don't need those facilities, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, besides the fact that those, you know, all the shelters are on overflow. They can't, they're over capacity. They're turning people away. Um, but that's not the point. The point is we want a healthy society. We want people to be happy. We want them to be productive. You can't be productive when you're depressed. That's right? a, that is very true. Right? You can't so. have a, a wonderful relationship if you are needy because it's going to be taxing on the other person. Uh, and you're going to be needy if you have... Um, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you have an issue with not feeling loved, then where, did, where is that coming from? That's coming mm -hmm. from because you were neglected. Because when we're talking about domestic abuse, um, 
it's not just the physical. That's another thing that there's a misconception is that when we talk about domestic violence, people just assume, you know, the physical bruises, the cuts, the wounds. But when we're looking at domestic abuse, the the deeper wounds are the emotional ones, the ones that scar in the brain. And just recently, I don't know if you've seen it, but there was a study, they, they did a brain scan of a toddler. I don't know if you've seen it. And there's the brain scan of a toddler that was neglected versus uh, the scan of a brain of a child that was not neglected yeah. and, it and it shows the difference in the brain the damage in the brain and this is just a toddler so now imagine a child that grows up let's say you're up to 12 years old and maybe at that point they get removed from the family or maybe they grow up in that family uh, where that's all they know is neglect there's so much more damage to the brain it affects so it is actually physical abuse you just can't see it on the outside but there is it manifests in the behavior and it manifests on how we think so i like to think of emotional abuse as physical abuse because it does affects it does affect us physically and you know if it's financial abuse for example you say well if it's just about money no <laughs> it isn't just about money because whether the financial abuse is where you're prevented from having access to finances or the other way around where you're forced and obligated to uh, support somebody because they have um, like if they force you to to work and be and be the, the, the breadwinner and and you don't have a life and they're using you uh, that's another form of abuse and it still has a toll emotionally either way okay with that being said you're talking about fin financial abuse mm -hmm. I heard this story from um, from a, f a friend's mother, and um, on the surface, it seems like, oh wow, what a great life she had. Her husband would would um, come home, and she'd ask for something. He'd run right back out the door. He'd go buy it, bring it back to her. She asked for a, a new car. He he'd go get the exact specifications and everything, and he'd come back to that car. Or a piece of jewelry or something like that, right? But when you really got down into talking to her about what the life was like, he was buying all those things because he was totally absent and neglectful to her, and neglect is another form of, of, of abuse. And she, she had, and she felt that she had to escape because he had all this money, so he had the control. Right. So that was his way of um, that was his way of um, trying to keep her, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. To keep her from leaving. <clears throat> yeah, it's um, here is the thing because I just want to clarify if if you you know for our listener the listeners if you're in a relationship where your partner, regardless of gender, where one partner is the breadwinner and the other one is not, uh, and the one person that has you know brings in the money says you don't have to stay home you can stay home I will take care of you you don't have to worry you can quit your job there's nothing wrong with that as long as if something happens to the person that brings in the money if that person dies suddenly is this one person taken care of financially right if if there is a separation or a divorce 
is this person going to be taken care of financially after that? So if that person is taken care of financially and is going to be fine, then maybe that is out of love. You don't have to work. It's okay. Uh, bringing mm -hmm. in enough money, you can do whatever you want. You have all the freedom. Uh, you can have the money uh, as long as they're not prevented to have access to the money. See, that's right. that's the whole thing that you said, said it right there. They're not prevented from doing what they want to do. Yeah. And in this, this lady's... As, a, as an example, she was prevented from doing what she really wanted to do, mm -hmm. and that's and that's where the the abuse occurs, right? Yeah, well, it's one form, right? Mm -hmm. It's because it, it puts you down. It gives you you're basically a prisoner. You're like a slave, <laughs> in a way. Mm -hmm. So it does it does have its emotional toll. Uh, in my first marriage, that was my experience. I mean, I was married for. Uh, 14 years and I you know my ex-husband did not want me to have a career he did not want me to have a job um, so I, I it, it was very difficult I had to ask if I wanted to have a pair of shoes and I needed shoes I had to ask permission can I have shoes and I had to depend on a yes or no <laughs> you know that does take a toll on you when you when you can't um, you don't have that freedom to even buy it like you see something a blouse or something and you want to buy it and you can't buy it and you know and you prevent it from making money to even buy your own stuff so it's uh you know it does take a toll on you as well there's so many different forms of abuse i mean the, the, i mean there's the neglect uh, you know like like you said there's the, the there's the financial there's the emotional the the calling names the or or the manipulation there's gaslighting i mean these are there's so many different forms. It's not just one type. So mm -hmm. I want I want the listeners to to be aware of uh, of that. And you know, when it comes to the prevention side, it, it actually is not that difficult to spot a potential abuser if you're not in a relationship, or you're early on in a relationship, or you're already in a relationship, <laughs> and you're not sure. Uh, there are ways to determine whether or not you are with an abuser or a potential abuser if he's not physically he or she not physically hitting you mm -hmm. the, there are ways so there's it's just about you know it doesn't take that much uh, it's not that it's not like you have to be a professor in psychology you just have to look for what those flags are what, what are those signs um, to look for to see if you are in the situation or not my second marriage for example um, I was married for 10 years. There was no physical abuse. He kept telling me he treated me like a queen every day. He would, uh, he would pay me compliments every day. He, you know, on the surface, like he, he was amazing and I believed it. But at the same time, there was a flip side to that where he was doing gaslighting. I'm not going to get into what gaslighting is, but it's basically when people manipulate the conversation in a way that makes you think that you're going crazy. And so there was this flip side where, you know, I was being told all the things that I was doing wrong, but then at the end I was being told that I was this amazing person. And when, when you have that done on a constant basis and then flipping the script on you, uh, it's, you don't even know what's going on. And you think there's something wrong with you because it's something that's, that happens slowly and over time. It's not instant. But if you know what to look for, then you can recognize it. 
I didn't know what to look for at the time. And this was my second marriage, you know, so I went from one abuse, one type of uh, abuse, abusive relationship to a completely different type of abusive relationship, which was more insidious because it was not, because it was camouflaged uh, under this loving, caring appearance. Um, and it was all kind of, it, 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 it was messy. It was messy in my brain. It was very messy. It was very confusing. Um, and it, and it took an outsider to point it out to me. Yeah. You know? But, okay, so it was pointed out to you. And mm -hmm. I have, well, we've been friends for a couple of years. And I've heard you describe your current marriage. And it sounds like everything is done on equal terms. Yes. You're comfortable stating your opinion. Yes. Uh, okay, I am going to say say this this stupid thing. You can go to the store and buy a pair of shoes and not I, feel I, like I, you're. I, I can, yeah. So this is my third marriage. I I did not want to get married a third time, but he is the right person. <laughs> Actually, we are a good match. Uh, no, everything is equal. There is a hundred percent respect, and I think that's where it starts, um, Michael. It, it's it's about respect if the moment a person disrespects you that's when the trust is broken mm -hmm. there cannot there cannot be love without respect it's impossible it's not love if there's no respect it's not love so you know i i i, I deal with a lot of people who are in relationships that are abusive relationships and i hear this but i love him so much and i i this feeling well that feeling is not love and if you truly love somebody you can actually let them go <laughs> so it's actually neediness when you feel you can't live without somebody it's because you're needy and there's something missing within you and it's part of your mindset and it's and it's a big sign that there there needs to be a lot of healing that has to take place before you can be in a relationship with someone mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I know you're not a, using you as an example of how long it may take for somebody to heal. That's not that's not not going to give anybody any real answers. But for yourself, when you when you felt healed. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't what feel good. I'm actually going to, you know... Okay. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because when I say, you know, <laughs> when I say you feel healed, um, for me personally, like I, I have extensive 
my, the abuse in my life did not start with my first marriage. I've, I've experienced abuse since I was a child, multiple abusers in different categories. So I, I can't say I'm 100% healed. Uh, there, I am constantly working on myself. I've been working on myself for, oh my goodness, like 30 years now. And, and it's still it's still a work in progress i mean it's there's still a lot of healing that needs to take place there are a lot of reminders i need to um that, that i need to do for myself and give myself reminders that no this is okay you're strong you're you know i have to work with affirmations and and, and tell myself you got this when things um don't feel right i still deal with a ptsd um, so but the thing is you may not be 100% healed, mm -hmm. but you need to be able to let go and move on. And that's the part, that's the, he the, that's the part that needs to heal. That's, you have to be strong enough to be able to let go of the past and just nurture you now and not let the past hold you at the ankles like a big ball and chain from moving forward and growing and being a better you. Um, but when it comes to the, you know, to, uh, to relationships, I would say just work on that part where you have to be okay with letting an abuser go. Or even somebody who's, who you feel, you know, if you're vulnerable, it's easy to fall into sort of in love, not necessarily in love, but out of vulnerability, that neediness, um, you have to be able to let go. Because yeah. if you can't if you can't let go, it's not love. That that in itself is the sign that it's yeah. not love. You know that that's that because there there's so much, especially when we look at at, at television and we listen to to, to s different s songs and quote unquote love songs. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's very vague what love means. It, they they talk about oh I have to have to be with that person, but I like what you're saying about being able to open up and let that person go, knowing that, no, either knowing that, that they'll go, they'll be safe and you'll be safe, or knowing that they're gonna stand by you. You know, you bring up such a good point when you're talking about, you know, the music and the songs there, some songs are good and a lot of legacy. We do have to be careful what we're listening to. And what is the message? And there are a lot of these love songs that are really not healthy. <laughs> they, they're they're catchy tunes. They're fun songs. Even I sing them sing them sometimes, and because they get you know they're catchy and they're fun and you want to dance to them and you want to move to them and, um, but they're not necessarily the best message to in, in regards to relationships. So we have you know we have to be careful what it is what is it that we're listening to and when we're listening to it. Paying attention, what is the message? I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to it necessarily, but just know that that is a healthy message or not a healthy message. Um, and the same with movies. You know, I, I think that for, for for the last five years, I you know I've really been thinking about why is it that a lot of people fall into these relationships so quickly and then end up in the wrong, you know, in the wrong relationship. And I think. If we look back, I guess I'm old enough, but I remember growing up watching John Wayne movies. I don't know if you if you grew up watching those, <laughs> yes. you know, or like uh, you know, the, the, just the good old movies from yeah. the 40s, the 50s, and 
pretty much the way they portrayed a relationship was love at first sight, kiss, boom, done. Or, you know, very often you would see the man slap the woman, kiss her, and now she was in love with them. Or there was always this conquering of, uh, and, and it was accepted at the time. And I think that did not help because a lot of people grew up thinking that that's what relationships should be like, so romantic, believing that that's the romance. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so I think that, uh, I mean, I, I, I know people who, who get into one relationship after another and super quickly, and that's because they're, they think, and then they get upset when it doesn't work out after two, three weeks. And that's like, are you watching, stop watching soap operas, stop watching these movies that, you know, give you this message that it's love at first sight. That's not love. You need to learn, you need to learn more about a person before you commit to a person long-term. Spend time with them, look at them, you know, just see what they're like under all kinds of circumstances. Mm -hmm. right? And really, really get to know them. What's the rush? Do not rush. That's my big, big thing. Number one, don't rush. If there's, if you at any point, the person you're with that you plan to be with, potentially, uh, if at any point you feel uncomfortable, that is a sign. That doesn't mean you necessarily need to break off, but you do need to have a conversation and you need to start paying attention what happens after that is this a feeling that's going to start popping up from time to time because if it is it's going to start getting more frequent and that's another sign right there so is one of the lessons to pay attention to the signs that are happening around us and be cognitive of everything that's happening in our relationships well it's you know, we just need to be smart. We need to be smart. What's the rush? Like I said, um, the, the, the most important thing is to be very strong on who we are. You know, like know who you are, set boundaries, healthy boundaries. And when I say about healthy boundaries, it, it goes both ways. You want to set boundaries where you don't allow a person to disrespect you, but on the same token, you shouldn't be disrespecting the other person either. So you have to have that mutual respect, mutual boundaries, be okay with people being different, a person being different than you. Um, but like I said, at the bottom, at the end of the day, when it comes to relationships, which is the big topic these days, <laughs> it, it seems to be the theme of the century all of a sudden where everyone, everybody is talking about relationships. Um, and, and perhaps it's because of that, because at first it was all about mindset and then it was about personal development and then it was about, you know, the relationship with yourself. And now we're looking at more relationship with some, you know, with the other. And I think it's kind of coming to a point uh, because all of the domestic violence awareness that's happening as well. But it's uh, a lot of aspects to it. So... Um... It, it, are there there some is there like a litmus test for your for, for your relationship to make sure that um, things are going the healthy way? So that's a very good question, Michael. Um, well, you know we're all human. Sometimes you know you, you, you can do something that can make somebody make uncomfortable uh, can make someone feel uncomfortable, but is not intentional. For example, and there and there is no 
there's no premeditated anything behind it. It just happens to be um, a one-off. So if it's just a one-off, it's not, you know, like I said, if it's just a one-time thing, um, it's just something to pay attention to. If, if you feel comfortable enough, maybe address it and say, hey, I felt really uncomfortable when this happened or when you did this and see how the other person responds. Now, if the other person, res if the other, res if the other person responds by saying, oh, no, you're imagining things, it's not like that. Well, that response is a red flag, for example, because they're flipping the script on you. They're, they're not putting value on your concern. And they're negating that you may not feel comfortable for whatever, whatever the incident may be. <laughs> right? I see. Yeah. Um, but if it's something that you, that you start experiencing more and more, it all, it all depends on what that is. So, I mean, what, can you, an example of making somebody feel uncomfortable? Um, It, it it could be something as simple as I'm I'm going to go at it from the from the guy point of view for mm -hmm. to to the girl. It's like you you got all dressed up. We're going out, and it's like, well, gee, you look fat in that, and you feel comfortable enough to address it and say, hey, that's not right. You should. Why did you say it? Say that to me. Oh, oh you know what, Michael? If, if that, I, I would say, okay, goodbye, because that's that's pretty blatant. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm reaching for the for the, for yes, the absolute yes. ridiculous. It's like yes, it's really yes. hard to come up with the exa yeah, yeah, examples yeah. because there's so many things that can happen. No, no, there are. I you mean, at, at that point, at that point, you're already deep in the relationship. I would think if somebody would say that, you, you probably the person would feel comfortable enough to say that. Um, and well, I, as a response, I say, well, that was hurtful, uh, but that that is a sign right there it was my my first ex used to do that he used to criticize what i wore all the time mm -hmm. right so it made me feel horrible every single time because whatever i wore i thought i looked good and he made me feel bad um you know when i was pregnant he he got really big and and yet he was you know he was pointing out that i was getting fat well excuse me i'm pregnant you know <laughs> So those right. are kind of those are you know it's obvious that that's not nice. Like if it's not kind, if it's not done in kindness, it's it's a sign. So <laughs> so a more kinder way of saying of saying that is, hey, can we work on the outfit a little bit? Maybe change a couple of things so that you know what I mean. Maybe a more kinder way I, of putting I, I, it. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't. I think if the person wearing whatever they're wearing, uh, is, if the person is happy wearing whatever they're wearing, they should not be told anything. Now, if okay. they're asking, "How do I look?" Right? Then I think the answer should be, "Do do 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 you?" Okay. I don't know what the answer should be. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, there's there's a good one, right? It's like if I I, I went you, running. You could, I think you could say I would personally. I think okay. I'm gonna put myself in that spot. If if um if I asked, I never asked this, but if I asked, what do you think of this outfit? I think I would be asking because I really want a real answer. I don't want a fake answer. Mm -hmm. And 
I, I would prefer the honesty, but in kindness. So, you know, as a response, it could be, you know what, I really like the other dress better on you. Or the other outfit, I think, is more flattering on you. Do you know what I mean? So give it right. alternative yeah. versus you look like crap or you look fat or it doesn't make it look good. You know what I mean? <laughs> there, there are kind ways of doing, of right. saying things. So if, if, here's the thing, Michael. If you truly love somebody, when you truly, truly love somebody, you don't want to hurt them. And mm -hmm. no matter how honest you're going to be because you want to be honest. So you're going to find a way to be as delicate as possible and as gentle as possible to find a way to help the other person see it in a different way, right? So you come from a place of kindness and you come from a place of love. You don't come from a place of we answer the way we have learned others have done it in the past. Because the example that you're bringing up is an example that is a very common example, right? We hear it a lot that, you know, th there's always a joke around that. So, oh, my yeah. wife asked me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I think that's learned behavior. And that's the other thing. We have to also identify, is it, is it true abuse or is it learned behavior that we are repeating? Because the whole point mm -hmm. of prevent, you know, it was you were talking about prevention um, of domestic violence. Sometimes we're not breaking the cycle, not because the person is necessarily a bad person that wants to hurt the other person. Sometimes it's a case of we inherit bad behaviors, whether it's our parent or a family member, and we just keep those habits because that's been our environment. That's all we know. And that's where we need to break the, the cycle and start going in the preventative. That's what I'm saying. If it's not kind and it's not coming and it's not gentle, eh, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest red flag. Okay. So... So let's uh, let's leave leave it at that. It's like so. If you if you feel feel the other person's being kind and uplifting, you generally don't have a problem. If it's the other way around, you might. Gen generally not. Um, the only thing that it would be a problem because, like I said, my second ex-husband, uh, he was uplifting. We had a lot of laughs. We had a lot of fun. But there was the flip side as well, mm -hmm. and and that flip side was in the same day, in the same time. Like it would be one sentence, and then the next sentence, and the next sentence. So you were going from this being super happy to being completely depressed because now you were a horrible person. You basically um, made to feel like everything you've done is wrong, and then and then they bring you back up again. So you have this m emotional roller coaster that can happen within a five minute range. Wow. And it's it's literally it's crazy making that what's that's what gaslighting is it's crazy making um, and you don't see it happening like if you don't know what to look for if you're not aware of it you don't see it happening to you because it doesn't happen all in one mm -hmm. shot it happens slowly you know they test you but those are the deliberate narcissistic personality disorder uh, people that they're extreme manipulators and and unfortunately there are too many of them out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we, I guess we 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 are starting to run run out of time with this. It's like, and there's still more that we can actually discuss and make things happen. Um, so, I want to talk a little bit about um, 
some of the things that you do for awareness, like um, last year you did the, and I think it was the annual thing, and I just happened to find it last year, was your shimmy mob. Yes. So shimmy mob started, um, in, well, the idea started in 2010, and then we did our first one in 2011. So shimmy mob is an annual, it started out as an annual uh, event where we do dance flash mobs um, in different different cities around the world on the same day every year. It, typically happens on the second Saturday of May um, and you know up to last up to well, yeah up to last year we were focusing on the fundraising for shelters for victims of domestic violence but then I had this big aha moment <laughs> where um, I realized that we're really not making that much of an impact if we just focus on raising money for shelters like I said before it's like raising money for hospitals, which of course are necessary and we're still doing that part. But I, I realized that we were missing a big opportunity on the prevention side. So as of last year, we started uh, shifting the focus and putting more um, into the education of, um, of how, to, how to recognize the signs. So if anybody actually wants to know what some of these signs are how do you recognize it can i give out can i give out oh no, yes please okay. always give information <laughs> okay so go to shimmymob.com and then on the top tab there is a a tab called on, on the menu under resources and if you click on that you will see it will take you to uh, a page that has a brochure there that you can download but it also has a link to see the signs another page and on the see the signs are about i think there's 12 brochures of all the different types of abuse and all the signs and what to look for so you can educate yourself um so it goes all the way from uh from dating to when you're already in it or if you're already in it and you have kids and you don't know what to do because that's another mistake a lot of typically women make uh when there are children in in an abusive family in an abusive situation they tend to stay because they feel that if they stay, uh, the kids will have a more stable home versus leaving and having more financial issues and being homeless and all that stuff, the turmoil. But it's actually worse to stay it, because you're setting off a bad example for the kids. Staying in an abusive relationship tells the children that, tells the children to one of two things. Uh, one, that it's okay to stay in an abusive relationship or it tells them that it's okay to be an abuser. And the child, the children in those kind of situations end up growing up to be one or the other. So they, they, they will assimilate the behavior of one of the two parents, whether it's the victim or the abuser. Uh, so it is, it is important to, to leave if you have children, but it is also, I can't stress this enough, if you are in an abusive relationship, to before you do anything and before you don't even don't even confront your abuser like because every situation is different and, and it can be very dangerous to confront your abuser so if you feel like you're in, in, in a situation where it's not safe uh, call your local domestic violence the the, sh the closest shelter to you, you just google it you know domestic shelter wherever you, you live and it will pop up call the number and say, this is my situation. I don't know how to navigate. What do I do? How, how do I handle this? Sometimes they help you navigate within your relationship. And sometimes they will guide you step by step what to do and how to get out safely. 
So that is also a very important thing to do is you don't always want to confront your uh, abuser and tell them straight for, like to their face because that could end up being tragic. And so you have to be very careful how, do you, how you exit an abusive relationship. So have the professional guidance. Um, but I say break that cycle, find every possible way to remove yourself and your children from that because it's, it's doing them a disservice. It's doing the opposite of what you think it's doing by staying. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. With, with that, we're, we're going to get going. Um, we are going to have you come back um, as many times as it takes so we start to actually break that cycle in panels or however it is that, that we make, make, make this happen. Um, because it's a very important topic and a topic that I think um, is dear to both of our hearts. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Thank you for Thank joining us, Francesca. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate this. All right. Bye for now. Bye.